0: Welcome to the show. My name's Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence, the show that delves into the world of influence and persuasion to help you develop ethical influence and build your authority and to be able to become a powerfully persuasive communicator to help you grow your business. Guests on the show have generally included experts from the world of influence and persuasion and the people who are already out there in the world using these skills and tools and doing it. Today's guest is no exception to that. And we are returning to some of the roots of this show, really, which is based on a desire to understand how important public speaking and presentation skills work in terms of influence and persuasion undoubtedly they are critical and we've been aware that they have been since the time of Aristotle who first wrote and studied this in his writings about rhetoric. So we take a look today into the world of professional speaking from somebody who is helping people all around the world to become professional speakers, get paid for their speaking and to improve their speaking skills. His name is Grant Baldwin. I've been a fan of Grant's for a long time as someone who listens to the Speaker Lab podcast, of which Grant is one of the hosts, and also he is the author of a great book called The Successful Speaker, which I have very much enjoyed, and we do get on to talking about some of the content of that book in today's episode. I was lucky enough to be at an event with Grant not that long ago, where I approached Grant and asked if he would be willing to become a guest on Speaking Influence he agreed straight away. Not only did he do that, he also helped me with an issue that I was having, and is such a nice guy so i know that he's a great person to help all of us i think you will enjoy the show as much as i did he's certainly someone who we all have a lot to learn from i hope you will enjoy the show welcome to speaking influence the show that helps you
1: to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting
0: coach johnny Ball.
1: If you're a coach speaker or course creator and would like to have a simple online ecosystem for your business where you can create funnels build an integrated website sell and host courses and live programs build your list with lead magnets manage your sales create communities and so much more in a way that is affordable and fully supported you'll love new zendler you can try everything out for free and if you love it you can register for monthly or discounted annual billing it's more cost effective than most other similar platforms don't pay for a multitude of services you have to then link up manually get an online solution that does everything you need in one place find the link in the show notes and try new zendler as the all-in-one solution for your business today
0: welcome to another episode of speaking influence and this time i am actually really excited to be joined by somebody who i have listened to on his podcast for quite a while now and also have really enjoyed learning from him as well over time and we were very fortunate enough to connect at the end of last year and I was so excited when he's agreed to come and be a guest on the show. He is the host of the Speaker Lab podcast and also the the writer, the author of the book, The Successful Speaker. But let me officially welcome Grant Baldwin to the show. Grant, great to have you here.
1: Johnny, thanks for letting me hang out with you, man. I've,
0: I've been really looking forward to speaking to you and... I just know that I personally have learned so much from you in the time that I've been listening to speaker lab. And certainly when I got hold of the successful speaker that I listened to it probably about three times awesome. in, in succession, because I re- there was so much value in there. And there were so many cool. things that I just really wanted to get that it was a, a very valuable resource and one that I will continue to refer to. So I'm very much looking forward to what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. The theme of this show is influence and persuasion. I wonder who for you has been someone who you look up to, who you admire for their influence and persuasion and for what they've done with it and and why?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of people that come to mind. One is a, a coach that I've worked with for a few years. His name is Aaron Walker. I live in the Nashville area here in Tennessee, and he's he's probably 20, 25 years older than me. He's a successful entrepreneur. He's also just a, an amazing husband, an amazing father. So he's had a huge impact on uh, me and just his own influence and in me and his life and my own life. I know that there's a, a several guys and, and friends of mine that we all look up to. We admire Aaron. Like That's the kind of guy that we want to be like whenever we grow up, not because of anything that you know, tactical that he's done in terms of influence or persuasion, but by, in terms of like how he lives his life. And so he is definitely a, a great example of that. Someone like a Michael Hyatt is another example of someone who, who just checks a lot of boxes of, of not just like what they've done in business or in terms of like their, their influence or persuasion, just in, in terms of entrepreneurship, but just who they are as a human being, who they are as a dad, as a husband, as a, as just a, a human, like that, that certainly had a big influence and impact in my world.
0: Fantastic. was so, some great answers there as well. Now. I've been a listener to Speaker Lab for some time. And one of the main reasons why I ever started listening to you, why I knew who you were, uh, long before I ever encountered you in Chris Ducker's world, which is where we actually got to connect. And to that yep. one of the reasons why is because I was, I've been very interested in public speaking. And as far as this show goes, public speaking is an integral part of influence and persuasion. It, it's so vital because if you want to be someone who is a leader, someone who has great influence, you have to be able to present and speak right. well in public. But I wonder for you, what first got you interested or thinking about public speaking?
1: Yeah. I know that uh, for a lot of people, public speaking is one of the, the people's greatest fears. I know it is certainly for my wife. Anytime I've been speaking, she's like, don't you dare bring me up on stage. I don't want to talk in front of anybody, anything like that. But for whatever reason, whenever even when I was young, I, speaking is one of those things that I look forward to, like in, in speech class, I was like, I look forward to giving a speech Right? I was still nervous and you still have the butterflies. Right. And that's normal and natural, but I was just excited about the, the opportunity. I remember even into college, the same sort of thing. And so I was pretty involved in my local church and I had a lot of, had a few opportunities to speak here and there maybe teach a Sunday school class. And for whatever reason, it was just something that I I gravitated toward and something that I felt like this is something that is appealing and interesting to me. In college, I actually worked for a guy who was a full-time speaker. And so I kind of got to see a little bit behind the scenes of, how does the business work? How does he book gigs and travel and working with clients? And what does he speak about? And like, how does that world work? And so I don't know, I just kind of, I'd kind of been around it a little bit growing up, but also recognized like, this is something I enjoy doing. And I wanted to do more of it. Met a couple guys who are full-time speakers, started stalking them and harassing them. Like, Hey, how do, how do I do what you do? And eventually learned a couple of things and, and became a full-time speaker and was doing over the course of a couple of years, was doing 60, 70 gigs a year. And it was awesome. So speaking is just one of those things that uh, I just, I'm, I'm really, really passionate about. I really, really enjoy, you know, there, there's a lot of different forms of media, whether that's a, a book or a, a podcast or a blog or whatever, maybe your social media, but there's nothing that compare, especially like a, an in-person event. And I know that times are weird with the pandemic, but being together with other human beings in a shared space, sharing an, ex, an experience in a moment via a speaker is really, really powerful. So yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of, of all things speaking.
0: One of the reasons why I particularly enjoy a lot of your content and, and what you do is because one of the things that you are very focused on is helping people to move into the world of becoming paid public speakers paid professional
1: speakers right
0: i wonder if you could tell us a bit about how you got started like the first time you got paid for speaking
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so i had a like i said i had a few free opportunities here and there but the first like legit paid gig that i did where they hired grant to come speak i remember it was this i was living in in missouri here in the states at the time i got hired to speak at this it was this 4-h event which 4-h is like a it's, a, it's like a youth conference or a youth organization for students that are interested in agriculture and farming. I didn't come from a farming land. I didn't know anything about that, but I knew it was an opportunity to speak and talk about leadership. And so I went to the event and I spent so much time practicing and preparing and rehearsing. I remember, you know, the night before in the hotel room, just going over my talk time and time and time again, and in the morning going over the talk time and time and time again. And so I get up and deliver the presentation and I spoke for about 30, 45 minutes in front of a group, about 300 students or so high school students, mostly, and, and it just, I finished up and they gave me a standing ovation. And I was just like, man, that, that went really, really well. And it's just kind of like the bug bit you and just like, I got to do more of this. What do I do from here? How do I book more of these? How do I find more of these opportunities? And part of it was certainly like the impact that I was able to make as a, a speaker, but also afterwards, the event planner came up and was like, "Hey, you did an amazing job." Hands me uh, my check. The check was for a thousand dollars, which was just like a, a billion dollars in my mind. Like, I can't believe I just—they just paid me a thousand dollars to stand in front of this audience and speak. And it was just like a really, really powerful moment. Of this was really rewarding. This was really fulfilling. It just checked so many boxes of what I wanted to do, and 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 also be able to make a good living at it. And so, yeah, that's that's really where the. I guess some of the initial momentum and initial excitement of being a speaker came from.
0: And other things that you talk about professionally now, the same or similar to the things you talked about when you first got started, or has there been an evolution there?
1: Yeah, there's certainly been an evolution you know and i think that there are certainly some speakers who they find what that one thing is that they want to speak about and they speak about that for you know the good majority of their career i think that can also be a bit of a limiting belief and this is where some especially early on in a speaker's career they can get a little bit hung up of feeling like okay i need to get clear on who i speak to what problem that i solve but we feel like we're, we're making like a permanent decision. Like, okay, if I speak about this, then that's the only thing I can ever speak about forever and ever and ever. And no, that's not necessarily the case. Like there's a variety of speakers who will may speak on this for a, a period of time for maybe a couple of years. And then maybe it kind of evolves into a kind of a tangential type of topic. And maybe they go a bit of a different direction and that's relatively normal. So whenever you're figuring out what it is that you might speak on, don't feel like, again, you're making this permanent decision that you can never, never, ever, ever change. We're picking a starting point just to start to build some momentum. And then again, if you need to pivot or adjust down the road, that's totally fine. And that seems to be the case with, with a lot of speakers. And that was certainly the, the case in my own journey.
0: Yeah. Would now be a good time for people to be thinking about this, like, whatever. I'd like to become a paid speaker, but I'm also aware that we've had a pandemic and I've heard from other speakers that speaking opportunities dried up and it's all changed sure. in the speaking world. Is it still a good career for people to move into? And is this still a good time to do that?
1: Yeah. I know this sounds weird, but it is absolutely, I think the best possible time for speakers right now. And here's what I mean by that is pre-pandemic, really the only opportunities that existed were live in-person events, right? And then the pandemic hits and, and you know, for uh, certainly a, a few weeks, a few months there, the whole world is going like, holy cow, Well, like, what is going on? And I know for me personally, I've felt like Man, I'm, I'm watching all these speakers' schedules just getting decimated. And like this, you know, this is affecting the world, but certainly the speaking industry. Yeah. But what happened then that we began to see is that then you see all these virtual opportunities that began to pop up. And so prior to the pandemic, virtual just wasn't really a thing. Like it wasn't, it was something that a few speakers would do, a few event planners would do, but it just wasn't something that people really took seriously. And then what happened is the pandemic hits and it becomes the only option. Virtual is the only game in town, right? And so virtual takes off. And now all of a sudden, you have a lot of people who see the viability of it and realize like hey there's a there's for event planners and for speakers there's real opportunities for virtual but what we've seen now as we are coming up on around two years post the real start of the pandemic is that now that live events continue to come back more and more it doesn't mean that they are replacing virtual events it means that now that there are both opportunities that exist and so there's a lot of events that didn't previously have a live event that will do virtual there's a lot of live events that are coming back and doing live events there's a lot more opportunities to do hybrid events where maybe they're you're speaking live but there's also a virtual component to it there's also opportunities for speakers to combine them meaning that hey let me come speak and do kind of a kickoff keynote and then let me do a zoom virtual presentation for three months follow-up that's going to be for a bigger fee than had I just done the the live in-person to begin with. So again, if anything, I think there are way more opportunities than have ever been available because of the pa- pandemic. And so again, it's kind of one of the, the silver linings that has come out of all of this is there are major opportunities for speakers who want to speak virtually, major opportunities for speakers who want to speak live, and major opportunities for speakers who want to do a combination of both. Yeah, I love
0: that what you do in your Lab work is helping people find those opportunities and create them for themselves as well. So who really is a professional speaking career for? Is there a particular kind of person that would be thinking about this or really could anybody go into professional speaking?
1: Yeah, one of the neat things about uh, professional speaking is it's not necessarily a one size fits all. So, for example, when I was speaking full time, I was doing around 60 or 70 paid gigs a year. There's a lot of travel has gone 80, 90 nights a year. And some people who may be watching or listening may think, that sounds awesome. I would absolutely love to do that. And other people are like, that ah, sounds miserable. No chance that I'm interested in that. And, and so, again, it's not that you have to do this certain number. I know speakers who do a lot more than that and speakers that do a lot less than that. So, what's great is though, you get to decide how speaking fits into your world, right? So maybe personally, you just say, hey, I'm at a stage in life where I can't really travel or I don't want to go that far. So, you know, I only want to do live in-person gigs where I, I, I don't. I'm not gone from the house more than one night, or I'm not gone from the house at all, or maybe I only want to do virtual gigs. You can choose to do that. Or other speakers who say, I want to do only virtual gigs, or I only want to do in-person gigs, like it's, you can, it's kind of a buffet that you get to choose what makes sense for you. So there's not no, there's not any rhyme or reason that you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. Like I can point to 10 different speakers. And they're all doing it in a way that makes sense for them so it all works you just got to determine what makes sense for you so don't feel like hey in order to be a speaker in order to get started i got to be committed to doing a ton of events a year you don't like you figure out kind of what makes sense for you how you want to go about doing that Uh, and if you're looking for help and support then we can absolutely help you get there
0: yeah Uh, and it's an important thing for you to recognize as well that there are lots of opportunities out there and in all sorts of different ways. So some people who may have more of a scientific background and style of speaking, there will be opportunities for you as well as people who maybe are more motivational and things like that. So I think that's a a great way to to frame it up. So in the ways that you help people, how does somebody know if they are good enough to be a professional speaker? What are the things that make somebody, at least in your opinion, a good professional speaker?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's important to remember that every speaker starts from zero, meaning that the first time anybody speaks, nobody knows what they're doing, right? And so it's okay, don't feel like that you have to be this, you know, Tony Robbins or Brene Brown or whoever, like out of the gate. Like that's not realistic. And that's that's putting unfair and unrealistic expectations on yourself. So realize at the beginning, you're probably gonna suck. Like I I look back on some of my early talks and presentations, like I didn't know what I was doing. And you're just you're just trying and you're just figuring it out. And so that it's kind of like the it's kind of like learning to do anything, you know, if you wanted a podcast, the first couple of podcast episodes are probably not as good as the podcast that you're, you're doing now. If you wanted to write, you know, your first couple of blog posts are not going to be as good as. A blog post years later. So, you got to at least take a little bit of pressure off yourself of feeling like I have to be amazing out of the gate. Like, you're probably not going to be, but you're certainly not going to improve and get better if you try it once and then just give up. Right. And again, that's the same with anything, whether you want to be a writer or a singer or a drawer or a chef or whatever, you have to continue to put in the reps to get better at that. And the other thing I would say is that speaking is kind of one of these unique things where I'll give an example. Like, I enjoy playing golf. And so, I don't need anybody else. In order for me to go play golf or to practice getting better at golf now i g- still got to put the reps in but it's not dependent on anybody else i got to get up and do the work right and so when, when whenever it comes to speaking though it's a bit different because you're kind of you're dependent on an audience right yeah. and so you're looking for opportunities where you can get some at-bats and you can get some practice and so even doing something like this you and i just having a conversation here for our for a podcast for a recording you know, it gives practice to, okay, maybe this is some content that I would share in a speech or a presentation. And so maybe there's a story that I've been practicing or working on that maybe I want to throw in here in a podcast and see how it works. Maybe I want to do a, a Facebook live or, or a YouTube video that just gives me some reps, that gives me some practice, that just helps me to get comfortable and confident with my material, with my content, to be able to present that. And so it's a big thing I would say is just give yourself a little bit of grace and a little bit of patience early on to interpret whatever you're putting together your presentation or your talk. It's it's not going to be amazing now. Right out of the gate i'd also yeah. say like that's one of the things that we help speakers with inside the speaker lab is we have a training program where we focus on stagecraft meaning like let's say you've got a rough idea of your talk and you're trying to figure out is this good so we want to work with you not only on the talk itself and make sure that it's, it's polished and ready but also make sure in terms of how you deliver it if you have an amazing talk that that you drop the ball in terms of your presentation it doesn't do anything and if you're amazing on stage but you don't have anything to talk about again you're shooting yourself in the foot and so we want to make sure that we help put both of those things together so that you have an amazing presentation and you deliver it in a masterful way because your best marketing tool is a great talk and so we want to make sure that whenever you step up on stage to deliver that you're prepared and you you can do a great job
0: yeah Now, I know from my podcasting experience and and probably from my public speaking (laughs) experience as well so far that um, a lot of what people see is not all the work that goes into this. So there's a lot more that happens. and So I wonder from the perspective of being a professional speaker, as a percentage of how much the actual work is, how much is a percentage of the actual stage time of being a professional speaker and how much of it is around the admin, the bookings, the planning and, and other things as well?
1: Yeah, Johnny, that's a really great question. Because one thing I think that is again, kind of a misconception is people assume like, okay, I want to be a speaker. Therefore the majority of my time, I just want to spend on stage. And like, that's kind of the, the icing on the cake. That's the thing that we want to do, but in order to be able to do that, you have to recognize that you're not just a speaker, but you're running a business and speaking happens to be the thing that you are delivering. And so a way to think about this is there's a a good book by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth. And he talks about the example or the analogy of running a bakery. And so he said, there's two sides of the bakery. There's the the baked goods being the actual baker, like I'm making the bread or cupcakes or cakes or whatever it is that you're going to bake. You have to be really, really good at that. But then there's the business of actually running the bakery, right? Of making sure that you're keeping your costs of cost of goods down that you're marketing it well that you're bringing traffic into the door that your labor costs stay under control right so there's being a baker and there's running a bakery and there's two different things and the same thing is true for being a speaker there's being a speaker being on stage and delivering a message which is kind of the fun glamorous sexy shiny part that people want to do and then there's running a speaking business and ultimately you have to be able to wear both hats or yeah. be able to find someone who can help you on the speaking business. Because a lot of times speakers are like, well, I don't want to sell myself. I don't want to market myself. I just want to get up there on stage and speak. I am like, I'm sure you do. But like, you got to do the work from running a speaking business, from doing the sales, doing the marketing. That's the core thing that we teach and we show people how to do it. it's exactly what steps to take. You mentioned the book, The Successful Speaker. This is where we talk about exactly what you should do, exactly what you should uh, say, how you reach out, how you follow up. Like this is the business of, of being a speaker, but you have to be able to do both, right? Because the, the reality is the majority of your time is going to be spent on the business side of it. And so, I, I, for example, I remember early on in my own speaking business, I had a, a buddy said, "You have to you have to fall in love with the process. The result is what we're going for, the result of standing on a stage, but you have to fall in love with the process of doing the work that gives you the opportunity to stand on stage. But if you're not willing to do the work and you're just looking for shortcuts, that that's never going to work. So you have to be willing to do the work to earn the opportunity to stand on stage.
0: Yeah. It's interesting in my life, I've encountered some people along the way who don't feel that they ever need to prepare for presentations and public speaking things. And they say that they do perfectly fine with that. And, And to some extent, I can believe that they probably do, but I also feel that they may be robbing themselves of the opportunity to go to an even higher level. And if they can do all of this really well without practice and all the background stuff, that go all the other work that goes into this how much better could they be with that would you agree with that or do you think that there are just some people who actually do it better on the fly
1: yeah i thousand percent agree with you and so it's kind of like you know if you think about like a a symphony playing versus a jazz band playing right so a symphony has their sheet music they're going to we know exactly what note we are playing at each time and everyone has to play their part and it's very very precise and jazz is more just kind of like free flowing and riffing right and i think a good speaker is a, a bit of a combination of both right So the idea of like you're saying, Johnny, that, you know, someone just scribbles down a couple thoughts in a napkin and I'm going to just hop up on stage and wing it. I do not endorse that whatsoever. And I think that that's lazy. And I think that that's that if you want to be a professional top notch speaker, the best speakers in the planet, they don't just like hop up on stage and like, "Eh, I'm just going to make this up and hopefully it all works out. They do not do that. They spend hours and hours and hours behind the scenes practicing rehearsing going over things thinking about word choices thinking about the sentence is 10 words long how do i get it down to seven words long and does this make sense maybe i should move this story here instead of here or maybe i should cut this and like really there's a lot of meticulous thought and detail that goes into it now you see that speaker or you see for uh, another good example is comedians you see a comedian up on stage and you think oh they're just funny they're just you know telling some jokes but no no like every word is carefully considered and it looks like they're just doing it off the top of their head they make it look effortless but it's because they've spent so much time behind the scenes practicing and rehearsing and crafting and so again you know if you just want to like ah just you know i'm 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 speaking a few things here and there, and you're not taking it totally seriously, that's fine. And if you wanna treat it like an amateur, that's fine. But don't expect professional results. Don't expect to be paid and paid well and paid consistently if you're just gonna go through the motions. Because an audience can tell, event planners can tell, if you are prepared, polished, a professional speaker or if you're someone who's just like, ah, it's just kind of like fun to make it up. Again, there's still like I said, like an element of jazz of maybe, you know, you kind of throw something out there that works. You know, here's like a random story I thought of, or here's a little anecdote, or here's a little punchline that I thought I'd try. And it worked really, really, really well, like, awesome. I want to make a note of that to keep doing that in the future. So you may have a point or two where you're kind of like, I'm going to riff for about 30 seconds or something, or here's a funny thing that happened this morning, you know, that I wouldn't normally share or here I'm kind of in the moment and some, maybe something happened in the room that I want to share some current event that you want to talk about. That's all fine, but don't come into the, with the idea of, ah, I'm just going to, you know, throw it together, string together a couple of thoughts and, and hope it all just magically come together into a, a good polished, cohesive presentation, because that, that just doesn't yeah. work.
0: Yeah, I think that sort of speaks to the idea of the, uh, the thinking about probably speaking as just speaking, as just getting up onto a platform, live, virtual, whatever, and just speaking rather than the whole craft of it as you really talk about all the stuff that goes into it, all the, uh, planning or the stories that get well-crafted and chosen for particular reasons and worked on and movement that goes into it and why that's there. And, yeah. you know, how you can stopping it and use the right metaphors to use and where to maybe inject some humor and having enough flexibility with, uh, around that to be able to know what to do. And again, some of that comes with experience, but yeah, I, I, I really like that. I, and we, we, we agree on that. We definitely agree on that. I think it's very valuable to, to do that kind of work. What are your opinions on why public speaking and professional speaking is so important in terms of leadership and authority, personal authority?
1: Yeah, if you look at just studies and surveys about what are some of the more respected professions, uh, a public speaker is up there really, really, really high, even like up with a If I remember correctly, it was like the top couple with like brain surgeon, right? So if you hear someone's a, a brain surgeon, it's like, whoa, wow. Okay. Like this is like, this is someone who has a very prestigious and admirable profession. And it's very similar whenever it comes to speaking. Someone who is, is well polished, who is eloquent, who chooses the words carefully who has that, knows how to present well, like they, they command a certain level of, of respect and influence and, and authority. And so whether or not you want to be a a professional speaker, if you want to stand on stage and do that, that's awesome. But if you're just like, "Ah, I don't want to do that, but I have to give presentations for my work or for my company, or even in conversations or in in small groups where I might meet people or uh, teach a Sunday school class or whatever it may be. Even on a small scale, being able to eloquently present your thoughts or your ideas and putting together in a, a cohesive, flowing manner makes a big, big difference. And so yeah, whether or not you want to be a professional public speaker, don't just cast aside of like, you know, I don't want to be a professional speaker, therefore I don't need to know how to present, no, no, you still want to know how to, again, be able to articulate an idea or thought and be able to present an idea. So yeah, there's absolutely a lot of, uh, I think recognition and again, kind of prestige, uh, that comes with and kind of cachet that comes with being a speaker.
0: Are there any particular topics or themes in speaking that are just a very easy sell as a public speaker? Like yeah, people are always going to be looking for these kinds of topics. And conversely, some that people should just really stay well away from.
1: Yeah, so I would say there's kind of a balance there because there's a balance between what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, what your experience is, what you want to speak about and what it is that organizations groups actually hire speakers to talk about. And there's also there's going to be some type of overlap there, but there's also going to be it kind of depends what your goals and ambitions are with speaking, meaning like, let's say you were, you know, really, really passionate. I'll give you an example, like dog training, for example. Okay, and you said, okay, I want to do. I'm, I love dogs. I love animals, and I, I'm a great dog trainer. And I want to do, you know, a, a ton of presentations, and I want to charge twenty thousand dollars a talk, and I want to do fifty presentations a year. And like, are there opportunities to speak about dog training? Yes, I would say so. Are there hundreds of opportunities? I doubt it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'd also say. I've been in the speaking industry a long time, and I'm still surprised by some of the opportunities that exist. And so, I'll give an example. This, like this, take this dog training example. We had a, a client we worked with a few years ago who is a veterinarian. She's a full-time veterinarian, worked with animals, and she's following our system, following the process that we teach. And so, she reached out and she said, "Hey, I just booked my first gig, first paid gig." I was like, "That's awesome! Tell me about it." And she said, "They were. Uh, she lived in in Connecticut, and they were flying her to Las Vegas to do this presentation. They're paying her five thousand dollars." to speak at a pet sitting conference a pet sitting conference so like people who want to be pet sitters who keep an eye on pets while while family members or friends are away Uh they paid her five thousand dollars to speak at a pet sitting conference so if she came to me before and said hey i want to speak at pet sitting conferences is that a thing i'd be like i don't I don't think so, I, but I'm also not in the pet industry, so I don't know. And so here's an opportunity for her to go speak at something that, again, I, I don't claim like I know every possible event or opportunity. So again, you have to find what that overlap is between what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, what it is that organizations and groups uh, are actually hiring speakers to, to talk about. Which is
0: the best one to start with, your, your passions or what is, actually being, what is actually being looked for and working out what you could do or what you're most passionate about from that?
1: I think you start with what you're, what you know, what your experience is, because the other thing is sometimes there, there's going to be an intersection there of what you're passionate about, what you know, what you're knowledgeable on with the opportunities that exist. And I'll, I'll give you give an example of this. So I remember several years ago, I, when, when, I was speaking in the education space. I did a lot with high schools and, and colleges. And so a topic I was interested in, a topic I was passionate about was personal finance. I, I knew for my wife and I how much like really paying attention to our finances and, and having a budget and living on less than we made and saving, just doing some of these basic things, like doing these things made a big difference for us. So it's kind of like, man, if, if I could speak to, to teenagers on this and they understood this at a young age, like how much more of an impact it can make for their own financial well-being for years to come. And so I was going from like school to school to school, clients that I'd worked with before and said, Hey, let me come teach your students about personal finance. And I found like over and over that they like principals and administrators would say, yeah, we like, this is an important topic, but you know, they typically didn't hire speakers to talk about that. And so I had to figure out, okay, what's this overlap between what I'm interested in personal finance and speaking to students versus what it is that they're actually looking for. And so in this case, one of the things that they hired speakers a lot to talk about was helping students make a transition from high school into college, university, and the real world and beyond, right? And so I said, hey, I can speak on that. And one of the things that I can talk about within that is helping students with their personal finances, right? Let me help your students make a transition. And one of the things, not the whole thing, but one of the things we're going to talk about it is personal finance. So is able to present something that I'm interested in presenting, but put it in kind of wrapping paper that they're looking for. Now, this isn't like a, a bait and switch of saying like, oh, you want me to talk about this, but I'm going to show up and talk about something totally different. No, 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 not at all. But saying, what is it that you're that you're looking for help with? What are the problems, the challenges, the needs, the opportunities that you have that I could potentially speak on what's my skill set? what's my experience, what's, what's in my world that I can blend the two and find something that's, that I know that I can present confidently on that's a win for your audience, but at the same time, checks the box of what it is that you're looking for.
0: We'll return to the show in just a few moments. Like me, you have a message to share with your audience and it's important. In fact, it could change their lives. But first, you need to be very clear about two things. Exactly who are you trying to help? And what can you offer them that no one else can? Because it all starts there. And it's all about your brand. Brandface sponsors this podcast and they help people just like you to define, develop, and display a brand that positions you as an authority. It's time to make sure you stand out. Find out more at learnaboutbrandface.com. That's learnaboutbrandface.com. Now, back to Speaking Influence. Yeah. Is is it a good idea then to start out with an idea of the kind of audiences and stages you want to be speaking to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because one of the dangers that a lot of speakers make, or one of the mistakes a lot of speakers make is whenever it comes to speaking is we, we just enjoy speaking. Speaking is fun. Johnny, you and I enjoy the idea of speaking. We enjoy speaking. We enjoy being in front of a crowd. And so we would speak to anybody and everybody who will listen, right? And even people who don't want to listen, we're Like I'm in for, right? We're just looking for opportunities. We like it, right? And so what that means is we end up really broadening the scope of who do I speak to? Speak to humans, speak to people. My message is for everybody. And what do I talk about? I don't know. What do you want me to talk about? I can talk about, you know, leadership or motivation or speaking or talk about uh, customer service or talk about marriage or parenting or basketball or golf or whatever. And like, we start to just do all these different topics and all these different things for all these different people. And you know, what you want to be is you want to be a specialist, not a generalist. And so think through like, again, think about like more of like a, a sniper rifle versus a shotgun. Like you want to target one specific audience, solve one specific problem. So a way we like to talk about this and think about this is you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, the steakhouse and not the buffet. What we mean by that is, Johnny, if you and I were looking for a good steak, like we have a choice. We could go to a buffet where steak is one of 100 different things that they offer and they're all mediocre. Or we could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really, really well. Right. So they don't do lasagna. They don't do tacos. They don't do pasta. They do steak. And they're really, really good at that. And so, again, it's counterintuitive because you think, well, if you're a buffet, then you appeal to more people. You do, perhaps, but all those things that you're trying to serve are mediocre versus saying, I do this one thing and I do this one thing really, really, really well. Also look at it just from a a financial standpoint, from a fee standpoint, if you're looking for steak, it's probably going to cost more at a steakhouse in addition to being a better product than it's going to cost at a buffet. And that means as a speaker, the more specific, the more narrow, the more targeted you are in who you speak to and the problem that you solve for that audience, the higher your fees are gonna be versus I'm kind of this generalist that speaks on a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people. So focus more narrow than broad.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's good advice. And I know that if, if people are thinking about looking to get paid as speakers, they're not already on that track, that you know, the book is definitely gonna help them and tuning into your podcast as well, because you regularly speak to professional speakers about the industry and their journeys. And, and there's right. there's a lot of valuable things to learn from that. Just could you maybe nutshell or give a a few points as to what are some of the things that people should be looking at doing action wise if they are looking to get paid for some speaking work and they're not already doing that?
1: Yeah, so uh, like the the core thing of what we teach and even inside the book that walks it through is what we call the Speak Framework, right? The speaker success roadmap. And so it makes the acronym speak, S-P-E-A-K. And so I'll just kind of quickly go through it and we can dig in wherever you want. And I know you mentioned you you've listened to the book and read the book and listened to the podcast. And you're you're probably familiar with this. The S is for select a problem to solve. And we've kind of touched on this, but you, you just have to be clear on who do you speak to, what's the problem that you solve for that audience. The next part, the P is to prepare your talk. Be really, really clear on what's the solution that you are providing to that audience. The next part is the E, to establish yourself as the expert. There's two key tools that you need here. You need a website and you need a demo video. So without a website, without a demo video, it's just hard for people to have a lot of confidence or trust in you, to take you seriously, to want to book you. You gotta remember that event planners are in the risk mitigation business, right? So whenever they hire you to put you up on stage, hand you a microphone to talk to their audience, they're taking a huge risk. I think this person's gonna do a good job. I don't think they're gonna embarrass me. I don't think they're gonna say anything inappropriate. I think they're gonna, hopefully they're gonna make me look good to my boss, like it's a big risk. And so they they need to see a website, a demo video, kind of a sample there that gives them some confidence and comfort in hiring you. The next part of the process, A, is to acquire paid speaking gigs. Now, this is the part that oftentimes people want to fast forward to, like, And just tell me how to book gigs, right? But you got to be clear on the S. Who do you speak to? What's the problem that you solve? You got to be clear on the P. What's, how are you providing a solution to that? You got to be clear on the E, having that website, having that demo video. And then the beginning to to reach out. Again, the system process that we teach on being proactive to reach out to potential event planners, on building relationships, on building a pipeline and following up and having like basic systems and processes in place. And then the last part of the process is K, know when to scale, meaning that a lot of people who are, are listening right now are interested in speaking, but also interested in perhaps coaching or consulting or doing a podcast or doing a course or doing any number of things. And so we always tell speakers like, you can do all the things, but you can't do them all at once. Meaning something's going to come first, something's going to come last. And when we talked about earlier that some speakers speak a hundred times a year and some speak five times a year, you got to decide how speaking fits into your world. I'll I'll give you an example. There are uh, some speakers who they, like I know one speaker who does like 50, 60 keynotes a year. He's like, I don't want to do any workshops. I don't want to do any books. I don't want to do any breakouts. I don't want to do anything else. All I want to do is this one specific type of presentation. And some speakers are like, all I want to do is consulting. But if I got to do, you know, five or 10 gigs to help kind of get my name out there and to build some relationships and to kind of demonstrate my expertise, like, okay, I'll do that. But the core thing that I want to do is actually do consulting, you know, or coaching or do a book. And so you, again, there's no right or wrong uh, methodology or or reason for why you do uh, this versus that, but recognizing like you, you can't do it all. So be really, really clear on what are the things that make the most sense for you. So again, kind of, uh, again, there's a high level overview, but that speak framework, the S-P-E-A-K, like that's the core of what we teach in terms of how do you follow a systematic plan to consistently get booked and paid to speak.
0: Great. No, I appreciate you sharing that with us and think for uh, people who are tuning in that they-, they should definitely go. And- check out the book and because that's all laid out for them and i think you go into enough detail in there to give people the tools to start moving forward what i do want to get to with the time that we have is talking about podcasts because you have a podcast that i've been listening to for a while and i've been podcasting for a few years do you think that podcasting is also a great platform for speakers for getting the message out? Or do you have thoughts about it becoming maybe too crowded as a space or not having as much opportunity as perhaps a few years back?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think a lot of times when people think about whatever trend there is that exists or medium or platform that exists, you know, whether it's YouTube or whether it is speaking, you know, speaking is one of those things that's been around for longer than you or I have been alive. and will be around long after us. So, and podcasting has been around for years and years and years. I've been podcasting for, I think eight years at this point. And there's still like a lot of people that who may not be familiar with the podcast, who may not actively listen to podcasts. And so sometimes, you know, you and I are this close to it because we, we host podcasts, we listen to podcasts, but there are still ample opportunities to, to host a podcast and I have another friend who, in fact, I mentioned him earlier, Aaron Walker, who's here in Nashville. He does not host his own podcast, but he has really built a successful uh, business around masterminds by being a guest on other people's podcasts. So podcasting can also be a great way for lead generation because you think about, you know, we've been talking at this point for about 35 minutes and I don't know about you, but if if someone sent me a blog post that was 35 minutes, there's no chance I'm going to read that, but I might listen to a podcast and and just by hearing our voices, hearing you and I interacting, you start to... uh, kind of develop a, an affinity and and rapport with the, the host or the guest and like oh, okay well, I want to learn more about them or I want to look into what they do or they I I resonate with that person. And so they're they're certainly like just hearing people's voices or seeing us on camera. Like you build trust, you build connection with people via a podcast that that may be harder to do via a book or via a blog or via some form of, of other medium. So yeah podcasting is not only a, a very powerful tool for speakers, it's still a very effective tool that is certainly readily available and accessible today.
0: Yeah. I, I love teaching about podcasts and it's one of the main things that, that I talk about as well, and particularly in relation to, to influence and persuasion, because I do think there is a, a really big opportunity for people to, as you say, promote themselves on other people's podcasts. What do you think are the opportunities for people starting podcasts? Is that a good thing for people to do in this part of their speaking career?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think you have to be really, really clear about why you're going to do a podcast and what's the problem that you're going to solve, who's your audience. Like be clear on a couple of those simple things. I'd also be really clear about how how what your goals are with podcasting if you're anticipating or hoping that it leads to speaking engagements, okay? So let me give an example. Um I used to, well, I host a podcast now called the Speaker Lab uh, podcast. And like you mentioned, we've got at this point close to 400 episodes or do a weekly episode just talking about anything and everything related to, to speaking and, and the speaking industry. Right. And so I don't necessarily get a ton of speaking inquiries out of that because I'm The podcast is not for event planners, it's for speakers, right? Whereas I have a friend of mine who he used to host a podcast about uh, mobile marketing and using text messaging and uh, marketing on phones. And this was several years ago when mobile marketing was still starting to like catch, catch fire and become like a, a bigger thing. And he would get invited regularly because to, to, to speak because he would have you know, people who were the head of mobile marketing at some company or organization who were listening, learning to him or learning from his guests and say, Hey, can you come teach my team? Or can you speak at our event? Or can you do some coaching or consulting with us? And so you want to remember that when you're putting together a podcast, like what are the goals of the podcast and are the people that would be listening to that podcast? Is that going to lead to the goals that you have? And so you just have to be aware, like podcasting is great, but you just got to be clear on like why you're doing it and what it is that you're hoping to, that it produces for you versus just like, eh, I think it'd be fun to do a podcast. Like if you just want to do a podcast, do a podcast, that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you're like, ah, this is going to help me grow my business. Okay, but how? Like, what are you hoping happens that leads to it growing your, your business? The other thing that I would say, is some people think, well, I want to, you know, I want to uh, make money or monetize my expertise, and so I'm going to host a podcast. And you know, I don't know what your thoughts are, Johnny, but podcasting is not a great way to make money. And yeah. uh, <laughs> not, like not the moment. <laughs> no, not at all. And like, unless you're in the top one percent, uh, where you have massive, massive reach and downloads, in which case they're, you know, they're making a lot from ads. Like, we don't run any ads on on our podcast. The way that we use the podcast personally. Is one selfishly, it's a great way to connect with people. And there are people that I've all reached out to that probably wouldn't give me the time of day normally because they're not because they're bad people. They're just busy and have a lot going on, but are interested in doing a podcast interview. So it helps me to connect with people. But two, just helps us to again build connection, rapport with an audience who may, like you said, Johnny, you you've listened to a bunch of episodes. So you like, oh, yeah. I have a pretty good idea who Grant is, and whether I can trust this guy or like this guy or be like this guy knows what he's talking about. And so then people, when we offer our programs or training programs or a book or whatever it is, you know, people are a lot more comfortable and confident going like, okay, I'm gonna I'm going to you know invest in this thing or that thing because again, I built that 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 connection with Grant through the podcast, hearing his voice, listening to uh, him talk about, you know, the speaking industry. So, so for us, we don't make any we don't make a dime directly from the podcast, but indirectly it can certainly generate a lot of revenue.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely a big believer in podcasts being a great tool for building relationships, not just with guests, but with potential audience as well and being able to hopefully have that as a lead if you're targeting the right kind of audience with your show as have that as a lead into other things as well potentially for you i think i'm one of very few i know that very few podcasters make money from their show and and, you know i do now have a sponsor and and make some money from podcasting but it's taken a long time to get there if anyone's looking to make money quickly i I definitely wouldn't say start a podcast (laughs) unless you have a very clear plan and you really know what you're doing then no i definitely wouldn't do that i do want to ask you before before we wrap things up for your own influence and persuasion superpower Like what's your greatest skill or, or superpower in influence and persuasion?
1: Yeah. I think one thing that I've done a good job with over time is building relationships with people. And so whether people I'm meeting, you know, virtually or people online being really, really intentional about building relationships, building my network and like having a genuine interest in in people. And so I think that that is something that has made a big difference for me and and speaking certainly a part of that in terms of having conversations with people of being interested in, and asking good questions, asking follow-up questions of circling back with them, of keeping in touch with them. And so building good relationships, building a strong network has certainly helped build my own influence and, and persuasion and personally and professionally.
0: Fantastic. Yeah,
1: I, I will be
0: including links to the Speaker Lab podcast and to your successful speaker book into the show notes for people as well. But I know you also have courses and programs that people can come and check out. So what's the best way for people to find out more about those?
1: Yeah. If you want to schedule a call with our team and and if everything that we've kind of been covering and talking about here today with Johnny, if if any of that resonates with you and like, Hey, I want to learn more about that. And maybe you know exactly who you want to speak to, or maybe you're like, ah, it's still kind of fuzzy and I'm trying to figure that out. Or maybe you've done a few free gigs here and there, or maybe you've been paid once or twice and just going like, ah, I'd I'd love to do more of it. I'd love to get paid. I just, I just don't know what to do next. And that's exactly where I was many years ago of going like, I have the potential, like, I feel like I can do this. I just don't have the plan. So I had the potential, but I need the plan. And so if that, if that resonates with you and kind of where you're at of like, I enjoy speaking, I love doing it. I want to do more of it. I just, I don't know what to do from here. I just need someone to tell me or show me. Then we'd love to talk with you again. I'd go to the the speakerlab.com slash apply the speakerlab.com slash apply schedule a free call with one of our team members. And we'd be happy to chat with you, understand like what your goals are as a speaker and what you want to do and how we can help you.
0: Fantastic. Well, that will be in the show notes for anyone who wants to go and check that out as well. Now, aside from your own book, which I do highly recommend as I've listened to it multiple times on audiobook, what books would you recommend like books that maybe relate to speaking or influence or persuasion or just books that have had a big impact on you. You give us one or two book recommendations that you think people should go and check these out.
1: Yeah. Let me scan my bookshelves here. You know, a book I read just recently is called, uh, the road less stupid. The Road Less Stupid Keith by right? Keith Cunningham. Yep. yep. Yeah, I love it. Short, bite-sized chapters. You can kind of bounce around, skip around, choose your own adventure sort of book. That was a really good book and that was well put together in terms of like each chapter ended up with a long list of questions for you to be thinking about and kind of pondering yeah. and reflect on. And so I really like like a practical book like that. Another good example is a book called by uh, Jason Fried and David yeah. Hansen something like that I whatever. can't and remember but maybe yeah, so since I read that yeah. yeah the guys the guys from base camp <laughs> yeah. and so that's another like really really practical one kind of a similar format to the road less stupid where it's kind of some short bite-sized chapters probably I don't know 40 50 chapters and kind of their thoughts on various parts of of business and so yeah that's another good one that I, I definitely would recommend
0: Thank you. Well, we're not going to take any more of your time today. I really appreciate everything you've shared with us. I just wonder if there's one final thing that if one thing about everything else that we talked about that you most hope people will take away and remember from this conversation, what do you hope that would be?
1: Yeah, I think just doing something with what we talked about here, you know? So if you're listening, going like, I'm, I'm interested in speaking. And for a lot of people speaking is one of those things that has been on your radar for a while. And maybe you're like, I'll, you know, kick the can down the road, Maybe, maybe at some point in the future, I'll do that. Well, I mean, we just turned into another year it's 2022 like at, at some point you've got to take action on this you know you don't want to look back and on a life of regret and be like i think i could have been a speaker but i'll never know because i didn't try so if speaking is one of those things that's been on your radar then don't hesitate to reach out let us know if there's anything we can do to help you support you on that journey we'd love to, to take that walk with you
0: grant Baldwin, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on speaking influence i have been so excited about it and you've absolutely delivered everything i hope for and more thank you so much for coming and being a guest today
1: Johnny, thanks, man. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, please consider the cost of the show to be sharing it out with your friends and your network. I know that Grant is a great guest and we have lots of other amazing guests lined up for this year. So I know you're going to love a lot of the shows that are coming up. Make sure you are subscribed so you get notified of those. Remember as well to go and check out our sponsors brand face. If you have a marketing message that you want to make sure you have the right story that is connecting with the right audience in the right way brandface can help you visit learnaboutbrandface.com to find out more if you're on linkedin please do come and follow me i'll put a link into the show notes for you and you can check out my weekly blog which has more information some updates around the show and weekly articles it's called podfluencer weekly it's all about building your influence and persuasion through the world of podcasting i hope that you'll come and join me there as well as on the show and i look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Very Soon for Speaking Influence. Till next time, go and make great things happen.